0: Well, folks, it's a brand new season. And just like that, we're back. We are very happy to be back. Once again, welcome to First Down Fantasy. I'm Lucas Quick, joined by my good bud, Rick and Patel. Technically, this is our last dance for the podcast. It's pretty crazy. But we are heading to week one. We're about just a week away from kickoff. Um, So we just wanted to come here and tell you guys on your perfect draft strategy. And we just want to talk about guys in general, who we like and dislike. Uh, So stay tuned for all of that. So Rick and we are about a week away. And just how are you feeling, man? NFL is back. It's crazy. I'm feeling
1: great. Most of my drafts are done for all of y'all who still have some drafts left. This advice will probably help you. If you have completed your drafts, you should still listen as we'll talk about people in waiver wire and free agency that you can still add to those leagues. All right. So for the perfect draft strategy, always draft a running back in the first round if you can. That's my... Opinion that's something that everybody should be following because, as we've seen from last year, wide receivers like Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, that you never expected to be in the first round the following season, are now in the first round after doing very, uh, very well last season. And some of the wide receivers in round one this year might not be um, worth your while in the future as a wide receiver one in your first round.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The running backs, like just like every year, and especially lately. It's always a very small class of guys that you know that are actually going to produce. And just lately, like, the draft classes of wide receivers in the last couple of seasons have just been absolutely outstanding. They've just been able to deliver on their rookie seasons. We saw Jamar Chase last year. Justin Jefferson's only been in the league for two full seasons, and now he's a top three wide receiver. So there's just so much talent now in the wide receivers going into the NFL that's really hard to see that in running backs. And also running backs, it takes a while for them to process and to actually be a focal point of their offense sometimes. And I'll talk about Rashad Penny later on, but he's a good example. He was drafted in 2018 and now he's finally getting the offense to himself in the backfield. Um, But for wide receivers, there's just so much talent around. Wide receivers are more productive, and they're more in-depth, so I would absolutely recommend. I did say get two running backs in the first three rounds. I also said don't settle for a running back unless you're 100% confident on them. And this is what the issue I've had in the middle tier rounds, because there's guys like J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell. Like, I don't know if those guys are exactly going to deliver Because of their um, backfield they're playing with and their coaches, like you don't know if they're going to be incorporated exactly as they were last year. I'd like to
1: challenge you on that. If you don't settle for a running back, if you're not 100% on them, who would you choose otherwise?
0: Who would I choose otherwise? So there's guys who I'm 100% confident on. And I'll again say this later, like Rashad Penny, I'm 100% confident that he's going to be good this year. Damian Pierce, I'm 1000% confident that he's going to do good this year. Um, Josh Jacobs, I'm like 90% confident. So
1: so basically settle on other running backs that yes. you're confident on. Um, even if there's at the top of your draft rankings that's currently available, there's a running back that you're not entirely sure. Yeah, exactly. Even if they're ranked higher. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So if you're unsure about a running back, I personally would still say draft that running back. Um, well, if you have other running backs that are available that are like, you're more confident about draft those as well. But do not settle for a wide receiver in that position, because you will find later on that your team will have an abundance of wide receivers that could break out, that could do really well, and that have a lot of talent, as Lucas was saying, but you don't have enough running backs. And maybe later in the season, you'll be desperate because you're lacking that running back depth. All right, so Lucas touched into this. There's a huge running back dead zone this year after the... I want to say fourth, fifth rounds. I think the last running back in most rankings that's maybe worthwhile is Elijah Mitchell. After that, there's this huge dead zone where there's a bunch of wide receivers. And then the next running backs are like the likes of Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, um, and a few other running backs like Cream Hunt, other ones. So what I would recommend is make sure you get really, really RB heavy and have a lot of running backs before that dead zone. There's also like... After the dead zone, uh, after a few rounds later, there are some pretty good running backs, like Rashad Penny.
0: There really are. Because
1: they are starting for their teams. Like, Rashad Penny is going to start for the Seahawks while the backup is injured. There's Devin Singletary starting for um, the Bills, and a bunch of other running backs. But... In the meantime, make sure you have like those elite running backs. And we can talk about who those elite running backs are.
0: Yeah, you want to start that first? Yeah,
1: so the first one, obviously, is Jonathan Taylor. But both me and Lucas are waving the red flag here. Because mm-hmm. even though Jonathan Taylor performed really, really well last season, there's a few problems, namely the amount of touchdowns he had last season. He had a touchdown almost every single game, at least a touchdown. He had probably one of the largest numbers of touchdowns out of any running back, yeah, probably. if not the largest. So um, of course, there's going to be imminent touchdown recession, uh, regression with uh, Matt Ryan coming into the Colts. Um, he's probably going to do more passing touchdowns than Carson Wentz. And there's also a bunch of more options on the Colts offense, such as, let's say, uh, Michael Pittman. There's a bunch of other wide receivers like Alex Pierce who might take away some touchdowns from Jonathan Taylor. So be wary of him.
0: Yeah, I'm not super confident on Matt Ryan exactly. He's about 38 years old as of now. So he's getting pretty old. And I mean, I am excited to see Matt Ryan with a new team. I mean, he's been struggling with the Falcons for probably since 2018. So he actually has a good opportunity to get back to the playoffs. Now, I don't know if Ryan is going to be exactly great. He's going to be better than Wentz because I don't think Wentz is no good anymore. So i and they've also said that they're not worried about using Jonathan Taylor as much this year, because I could totally see the Colts going a little more pass heavy. I mean, you've got Michael Pittman, who is arguably one of the more talented receivers. Now, um, you got Alec Pierce, who's been a really big guy who's merged himself on being you a got solidified Pires, Campbell role. Too, yeah, Campbell yeah. is good. Campbell,
1: so- we've been—he's been performing abysmally for the past few seasons, but he was drafted really high. He might make a comeback with a new quarterback. We don't know. But yeah, I agree because Matt Ryan, although he's not a fantasy sustainable quarterback, he still has the ability to sustain a wide receiver one and to pass, be touchdown heavy when passing. Like he sustained Calvin Ridley in the past and um, Julio Jones. So yeah.
0: I will also say, too, when I remember I used to watch um, the later weeks of the NFL, and I do remember watching the Colts play against the Patriots. And this is something that we're not going to see this year. Carson Wentz was abysmal. He only threw for like 11 times and he had 55 passing yards. But why did the Colts win? Because they just kept pounding the ball to Jonathan Taylor and there was no answer for it. Now, Wentz was just not good last year. He just, his wheels had fallen off after like week seven, like just in terms, they weren't what we all expected. Well, for me personally, I thought Wentz would be better with the Colts last year. But in terms of that, he just didn't really have any sort of improvement. While for Matt Ryan, on the other hand, he's a veteran quarterback. Was solidified himself as a solid quarterback in his career, Wentz had only done that for about two seasons. Matt Ryan has almost done this his whole career. So the Colts can rely on Matt Ryan more this year, and Jonathan Taylor is not going to get those uh, games that he did against the Patriots in like week 16. Yeah, where the
1: Colts had him as their focal point Yeah, the like time.
0: literally their entire point of their offense was just give it to Jonathan Taylor. You know who so Jonathan
1: clear. Taylor reminds me of? Jonathan Taylor reminds me of Saquon Barkley's does. rookie season. He absolutely does. Barkley was used very, very heavily. And of course, like with heavy RB usage, there always comes a risk mm-hmm. of injury. And Saquon did sustain an injury that kept him out from reliable fantasy play for two years. So, obviously, um, if Jonathan Taylor will be continued to use as a workhorse, workhorse RB, there's a chance that he could sustain an injury. There's another running back, though, who we're also waving the red flag about. That running back is Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. I had him last year in most of my leagues, and he was really, really nice for where I drafted him. However, if he continues to be the focal point of the Steelers' offense, there is a chance that he might sustain there's an injury. There's a very high chance. A very high chance. Very high
0: chance. Which is, this is crazy because also I was high on Harris City just a week ago. And then I found out that he had like a fracture in his foot during the offseason. So that's just not a good start in general. And I did see this stat that was really interesting. Najee Harris had 400 touches last year, both of rushing and receiving. The last like five running backs in the last five seasons that had 400 touches. Let me give you a recap. David Johnson, we'll remember he had that Cinderella year. He was the RB1 overall. He was hurt the next year because he had 400 touches. He missed the entire season. Um, Le'Veon Bell, he sat out. I mean, that was just kind of like not really because he got a lot of touches. And then he had Christian McCaffrey. He missed 13 games after 400 touches. And then last season, Derek Henry, the year before, he had 400 touches. What happened? He was out for eight weeks. So there's this very repetitive notion of running backs getting a large workload in one season and them just getting injured. And it makes total sense because... I feel like you can't overuse a player in football in general. And if you're just constantly using your player over and over again, you're going to get hurt. So it's very likely that Harris is going to miss a large portion of the season. Um, I think once he's healthy, though, I still think he's a top 10 running back. I mean, he's still going to be the main point of the offense. I do think the Steelers are going to be better on a passing aspect of things. I do think Trubisky and Pickett are better quarterbacks than Roethlisberger. But I do totally expect Harris to not do as well this year and him getting injured at some point. Yeah, I also
1: expect some touchdown regression from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Other running backs that we're looking at, the other running backs also have high running back usage, but it's a little different because their offenses are also powered in the passing game. So. A few of those offenses this year will probably be. I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey because yes. although many people don't like Baker Mayfield, he's not great in fantasy. A lot of people, do, a lot of Browns fans in particular, yeah, don't me, like him. He hmm. does have the ability to do well with a new passing game, a new coach, and a bunch of weapons that the Panthers. Just yeah, let added. me
0: say. Let me say this. I think the Baker Mayfield slander right now. I know this is not in a fantasy level, but. And my courtesy, I think the Baker Mayfield slander right now is just ridiculous. It just has to stop. Baker Mayfield, the Browns were such an awful franchise for like two decades. They didn't have a reliable quarterback. And Baker Mayfield was that guy. He took them to the playoffs for the first time in years. They actually won a playoff game. I never thought in my existence I would see the Browns just absolutely dominate the Steelers in a wildcard game. And then last year he has a shoulder issue. Um... Most of his guys were injured. Odell Beckham Jr. got traded. Jarvis Landry was hurt. And now you're just going to suddenly like hate on Baker Mayfield after he just turned around your franchise. I think it's crazy. And I think his opportunity with the Carolina Panthers is perfect. And that's why I like Christian McCaffrey a lot this year. I'm, I mean, I, I could jinx McCaffrey, but there's no way he's going to get hurt for a third year in a row like this. He might. He, he might. might. There's,
1: there's, there's injury-prone injuries. But I think if you look at his injuries specifically – the injuries that he has sustained are different injuries at different yeah. parts of his body, and it's it's pr- it's not the injury prone mm-hmm. injury where you get you injured at the same place yeah. over different seasons. So I think there is a chance that he might um, play a full season this year. I do
0: think he will, and also he's not going to be the full main role. We know McCaffrey is also a pass catching back, but I do think Baker Mayfield is going to find a good connection with DJ Moore, and I do think DJ Moore is going to be really really good this year. I had McCaffrey as the number one running back. Now, I'm not saying you should take McCaffrey over Taylor as your first overall pick. I don't think that makes any sense. I think that you got to play safe and take Taylor, but McCaffrey has the highest upside of any running back since the Damian Thomas.
1: LeDamian. I'd actually disagree and say take McCaffrey over Taylor. I have McCaffrey as number one on my rankings and Taylor as number two. Specifically yeah, I because
0: that,
1: I in most of my leagues, I use PPR and I think mm-hmm. if PPR... Christian McCaffrey's obviously on top, in my opinion. Yeah. But even in standard leagues, like the amount of touchdowns that McCaffrey will Absolutely. probably oh, he get. can get 20 touchdowns now he has easily. A, now he has a good quarterback to pass to him. And the amount of like usage that he'll still have um, on the Panthers offense. And
0: the full PPR aspect of things is a totally different topic. I do half-point PPR. I've always done a half-point PPR. If we're doing full-point PPR, my rankings is, McCaffrey, Eckler, then Taylor. Because Eckler it just has a huge role in that pass catching. I think he's going to regress a little bit on that end. But still, he could get he could rack up checkdowns. And he does a lot. And he helped me a lot last season, too. Even in a half-point terms of things, he would get you, like, 90 rushing yards, but then he would tally up, like, 70 receiving yards on top of that. So in a full-point full point PPR aspect, yeah, I wouldn't take Taylor for a silver role. And a half-point... It's your safest option, but you should definitely look out for regression. There's no way that Taylor is going to repeat.
1: Honestly, um, I'm just going to go on a whim and say that all top 10 running backs besides Christian McCaffrey are probably going to see touchdown regression.
0: For most of them, yeah, I would say so.
1: Yeah, basically. So the only touchdown, the only running backs that will be doing the opposite of touchdown regression will be running backs outside of that top 10 or McCaffrey. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, well, I wouldn't say because I think like guys like Joe Mixon are gonna take a leap. Can we also do that topic next? Like, let's talk about guys that we want to target for it. It's not McCaffrey and Taylor.
1: Yeah, we can talk about. So it. I'm gonna.
0: I want to start that off first because I think Joe Mixon going as an early second rounder and a late first round pick is pretty crazy. I think his value there is just unmatched because, again, Mixon got the most rushing touches out of any running back. But Najee Harris had more. I'm not issue about, I'm not scared about Mixon getting hurt because the Bengals, if you look at their entire offense, it's built for Mixon to being a top five running back this year. Your offensive line has improved like crazy. Um, you just have a really good surrounding offense. You've got Joe Burrow as your quarterback. He's found a great connection with Mixon last year. And we finally got to see Mixon with a good team because Mixon was just, he just was struggling because he had no help surrounding him. And now he has legitimate help. He's got a legitimate offensive line. I think Mixon's going to be top five. And we have a lead together, and I took Mixon over Derek Henry. And I'm getting a lot of controversy with that. But again, I think Henry has a huge risk of being injured, while Joe Mixon has the highest ceiling as a running back, in my opinion. That's not Christian McCaffrey right now. I think Mixon's going to be a total monster. If you are in the late round pick in the first round, I highly recommend taking Mixon. I think he's going to do amazing this year.
1: I'd caution a little bit on Joe Mixon. Obviously, I am bullish on him as well, but I would caution a little bit only because he's ranked third in goal line carries and he had the same number of red zone touchdowns as Jonathan Taylor and James Conner, which in that category is like, I do not think that he will get the same number of red zone touchdowns as he did last year, considering Um, Last year, the Bengals passing offense, even though it might not seem like this, they didn't focus as much on the passing game as they could have. And if they had focused more and did more pass attempts in general as an offense, they could have unlocked their top three wide receivers because they have Jamar Chase, they have Tyler Boyd, right? And they have T. Higgins. And honestly, like if I was the Bengals, I would be just passing the ball all the time because there's a lot of opportunity there but they basically just maximize the efficiency of all those wide receivers by not passing to them enough. Yeah. So this year we might see a change with the Bengals to pass even more. All right, so I'm going to go back to draft strategy because I wanted to talk about the tight ends in the draft strategy to do with that. My um, tips for that, specifically tight ends is to not draft an early tight end really because a lot of the tight ends this year that are early on were of course the same tight ends that were early on last year the only two that I would say are worthwhile is obviously Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews the other ones man there's like there's a lot of uncertainty I mean Kyle Pitt's has the potential to be just like a wide receiver in the Falcons offense. I love Kyle Pitts this year. But his He's the price is too high. The price is way too high when you could take a running back instead.
0: Third round, yes. Fourth round, absolutely not.
1: Obviously if he falls fall. if he falls then yes you can yeah, take Yeah, Because my I
0: have a cash my cash prize draft is actually today and I'm just praying that Kyle Pitts falls in round four because like he was, like, one of only seven rookie tight ends to get a 1,000 receiving yards. And forget about Marcus Mariota as his quarterback and forget just about how bad the Falcons' offense looks. That benefits Kyle Pitts because he's, like, going to be their focal point this year. He's going to get more than one touchdown catch. I mean, that's just never going to happen again. Like... He's going to give you a thousand yards guarantee and his redstone looks are going to have to go up because his only competition right now is Drake London in the receiving game.
1: Honestly, like there's one tight end spot on your team. I think there are worthwhile picks later on. They might not match up to Kyle Pitts, but based off of the value versus price of his selecting him in the third round or fourth round, I would say wait on tight end go later in the draft and look at tight ends and their volume and usage in their offenses there's a bunch of tight ends later in the draft who are being drafted over other tight ends who just don't have that sustainability long term because in their offenses they have like huge huge red flags to do with the amount of volume that they'll get their competition on the team and even like depth. Like there are some tight ends that have other tight ends ahead of them and they're being drafted above tight ends that have basically like unlimited volume usage based off of um like who their competition is in terms of receivers.
0: This is the first big conflict we've had this season because on my drafts the fantasy plan was my fifth uh plan I had was get a tight end no later than round six because this is coming from personal wow. experiences. I hate drafting tight ends in late rounds because the probability of getting a tight end that's going to break out is so slim. Last year at Hunter Henry, he was just so inconsistent. The only time I took a tight end, quote unquote, late, it was the seventh round with Mark Andrews in his like second season. That was the only time I have actually had a good tight end go into later rounds. Now, I think the tight end, like it's such a weak spot. Otherwise, in the running back, there's just not a high number of talented tight ends that get a lot of production. So I like guys like Travis Kelsey. He's just Mr. Reliable. He is the most reliable guy you could get in fantasy. Like, you know, he's going to, week in, week out, he's going to give you 15 fantasy points a game. Uh, Mark Andrews, I could see Mark Andrews getting a lot of regression because he wasn't getting as many fantasy points with Lamar Jackson as quarterback compared to when they had backups. I don't even remember who was their backup. But he did get a larger target rate with the backup. And that's not going to happen. But Mark Andrews is like a top three tight end. But guys like Kyle Pitts, again, I'm just super high on Kyle Pitts this year. Um, I like Dallas Goddard. And I think Dalton Schultz will take a big leap this year too because now that receiving core is a little bit slim. You have no Amari Cooper. uh, Michael Gallup always deals with injuries. And Dalton Schultz had a nice turnaround season last year who we thought Blake Jarwin was going to be that guy for Dallas has actually become Dalton Schultz. And I think Schultz can solidify himself as a top five tight end this year. I think he's going to be like, Dawson Knox, Redson, Monster, but he's going to have more receiving yards.
1: I would be wary on both Schultz and Dawson Knox because you you never have that certainty about who's going to get the targets in their offense because, of course, Schultz still has competition. Not much, though. Not much, but he still has competition from CeeDee Lamb, um, obviously, a bunch of other players like Michael Gallup and other tight ends on the roster. Um Dawson Knox, of course, we both agree oh, on. Dawson I think Knox every other regress. fantasy oh. analyst agrees on that. Yeah,
0: do not take Knox this year. He had, like, double-digit touchdowns, but if you look at his receiving yards, very low. And um, now there's a possibility of Gabriel Davis getting a higher workload in that Bill's offense. There's just so much talent in that Bill's offense, like Stefan and Gabriel Davis, more like... I don't see Dawson Knox having, like, a double-digit touchdown season like he did last season. I just think... He's going to be Robert Tanyan. He's going to be Robert Tanyan this year. Tanyan was going pretty early last season because of his high touchdown rate, and he just fell off last year. Like, I totally forgot about Robert Tanyan. He's going to be this year's Robert Tony. Mark my words. Dawson Knox is not going to be good this year.
1: I agree with that. But what I don't agree with is your earlier take about take a tight end before six, round six. <laughs> my take is the exact opposite. Take a tight end after round six. And I have a few tight ends that I think y'all should be targeting. Um, obviously, you should be targeting Cole Komet. You can take him in your ninth round, save earlier rounds for much, much better like running backs who... You can draft and just stack up on running backs, even great wide receivers that you could take who have a lot of potential. Um, but when you take Cole Komet, just know that he is probably going to be the breakout and focal point of the Bears offense. And the Bears coaching staff has already said they're going to try to do that. They believe um, Cole Komet has that star potential. And I agree with all of it. in training yeah. and, and preseason. He did really well. He has a huge amount of volume targets opened up with the trade of Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And the, his only other competition is Darnell Mooney, who I also suggest you take as a wide receiver. with oh, Mooney's
0: such a monster. I could go on for days Yeah, money. and
1: Fields will obviously up his game after his rookie season. I'm and just worried about it.
0: not. I'm not worried about Fields. I think Fields, I had him as the best quarterback in his rookie class. It's not Fields, it's this offensive line. That's what I'm worried about. Like, like I was watching the first, like, his preseason games, and even last year, he would just get absolutely obliterated on the field. Like, there was just no protection in Justin Fields. Like, this guy can take hits like a man. But it's a little concerning at some points because he has no protection in the preseason. He just was – he just had no separation. He had no time to throw the ball to. That's my only issue. Yeah, the Bears'
1: O-line is – absolutely horrible Horrible. but in a lot of offenses with bad o-lines not only does the quarterback not have enough time to pass the ball but the running backs don't have open lanes Mm -hmm. so you have to look at both and and actually like figure out will the bears be passing the ball more or running the ball more they'll probably be passing Passing the ball ball. more because even though it'll be harder for justin to find open targets in the short amount of time it'll still be better than running with the running back and having a solid wall in front of you which will lead to no yards. So they'll probably go past heavy this year. I can see that with the Bears, and there'll be a lot of targets opened up for both players. Um, Another person I'm really bullish on is, of course, David Njoku. Um, Njoku has a lot of targets open on the Browns. I don't care who the Browns quarterback is going to be. Obviously, I despise the Browns for picking up Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't care who in the world their quarterback is going to be. Nijoku has so many targets available for him that he's worth drafting. It's literally the Brandon Cook situation of this year, but with the tight end. Davis Mills came out as a rookie. He did amazing for a rookie. We both agree, Lucas and I, Davis that Davis Mills is, Mills so is the most under, underrated Absolutely. quarterback in the NFL. Jeez. Brandon Cooks took that target usage. He had many, many drops, but he also performed well in fantasy because he had that stability in that floor and I think David Njoku is also going to see that floor we have since 2017 saying that Njoku is going to mm. break out it hasn't happened but this year is a little different than all those other I've years I've lost hope
0: on Njoku and you I'm sorry you can't compare Njoku to Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks actually has showed that he can actually do things on the field like Njoku he reminds me of OJ Howard
1: Njoku got injured like OJ Howard and he I think it's going to I think he's really, really talented as a tight end. What I look for in tight ends is... Actually, this is very like generalized, but in very important. When you look for a tight end other than Kolkomet and David Njoku, you have to look at their opportunity based off of volume and their passing offense, so who their competition is. The second thing you have to look at is their talent. Are they talented at catching the football? There's a lot of tight ends with volume opportunity, but they suck at catching the football, and they're used as blocking tight ends instead. So make sure they're really talented and then third, look at their coaching situation and if their coach is willing to use them as a tight end with lanes.
0: I don't know. I don't really like Minjoku this year, but I could be wrong. I'm just impatient with him. I mean, all right, we predicted him to break out for too many seasons. I just think that his time has ran out and he always gets hurt. And I don't like Brissett this year, obviously, for many reasons, but I just don't like Brissett, or the whole Browns quarterback situation. I said Watson free season
1: it looked horrible. I think Brissett's a little underrated, but we we have to move on. Yeah, we do. So all right, the last thing to do with draft strategy is defenses. So my number one take for defenses is always look at who their week one opponents are. Anything? I'm the type of yes. person to drop defenses every week, pick up a new one based off of their um, schedule. If you draft a defense that's like the number one, number two, number three defense in the league, and they have a really good opponent.
0: It makes no sense. It makes no sense.
1: They'll probably get a negative number or something close to zero. And it's not going to help your fantasy team. And those weeks, you'll probably may lose by like a few points to your opponents. And you'll be looking at your team and you'll be thinking, why did I start this defense? Just because they're one of the best defenses, even if. They have a bad Not only schedule. that,
0: like, why the hell would he waste a ninth-round pick on a defense? I could take Devontae Smith in the Exactly, ninth in all round. of our leagues. I could take
1: Iuke in the ninth round. There's so many guys that can actually produce in you, week one. You go to mock drafts on different sites, you draft yourself, you see that in those leagues, there are individuals who take defenses in those early rounds in round nine. It's yeah. not good for your team. You need the depth.
0: Especially Buffalo defense. Why would he draft Buffalo defense? They're playing against the Rams in week one. I know Stafford has, like, an elbow issue right now, but for crying out loud, this Bills-Rams game can be like that Chiefs-Rams game in 2018 where they, like, combined 105 points. It's not going to be that because that's almost hard to compare to, but it's going to be a high-scoring game. Like, what I've been doing, well, bias alert, but I'm taking the Eagles defense, like, 90% of the time. They're playing against the Lions week one. Um, They play the Vikings. Yeah, I think the Vikings are actually going to be good this year, but then they've got, like, Commanders, the Jaguars, like the Bears, later into the season, like you can plug them in for half of your season for how easy their schedule looks like.
1: And yeah, if you have an open bench, block, yeah. you can drop two defense and
0: Denver defense. Oh, Denver defense. Yeah, Denver defense has a great
1: weeks. week one matchup and for the rest of the season as well. But um if you were struggling to listen to us this entire time from the start <laughs> of the episode, just know that, oh, well, the reason could be you might disagree with everything you say you didn't understand. Just know that if you are drafting to draft a defense in the last round of your draft and a kicker in the round before that last round, do not draft either in a previous round. It's not going to be worth it. There will be kickers. For example, Daniel Carson and Evan McPherson, they were not drafted in nine, in the ninth round of any draft last season Mm -hmm. there are other kickers being drafted like harrison butker or tucker but obviously those kickers are good but they did not um well they did they sort of did outperform but there are other kickers that did much much better who were drafted or not drafted at all in the last round who you can probably draft in your last round all right so breakout candidates um, a lot of wide receivers are on my breakout candidate list. Obviously, I'm saying draft running backs because the, there's very few good running backs, but there's a lot of breakout wide receivers that you could draft later on. Um, the first one on my list um, is probably Mike Evans. Honestly, like they are adding more players to the team, but Evans just has that Brady consistency. I don't think I, I really have to say much more. If you have the of, like ability to draft Evans, I wouldn't hesitate on him. Obviously, like if Lamb is still in your draft or maybe like Devonte Adams, I might take those over Mike Evans. But yeah, don't don't be afraid of taking Evans. He's
0: consistent in his value. I just did a mock draft and I got him in round three. Like
1: I I remember the years where Evans was not consistent, mm-hmm. where he was I the most consistent wide receiver so in-, oh, yeah, in the yeah. entire NFL with good old. Wait, how can I... Yeah, James (laughs) It's
0: different now, and Godwin's out for the first few weeks. I do think... Okay, this is not a breakout candidate. I do think Godwin's value right now is just ridiculous. I think Godwin is, on the other hand, one of the most consistent wide receivers of the last, like, two, three years. When he's healthy, he produces, and he's going in, like, round seven and round eight. And unlike DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to miss six games guaranteed... I only think Godwin's going to miss, like, two or three weeks. And the fact that he's going at round seven, like, the only issue that you'll have is that, like, maybe your wide receiver depth isn't that strong in the first two weeks. But it's not a big deal because then now you have Chris Godwin, who I've been drafting as my wide receiver three or mainly wide receiver four. So then you just have more depth. You could use him as a trading piece if you want to. I think that in terms of value, take Godwin. I don't think he's a breakout candidate because we know what Godwin is capable of. However, also, by the way, guys, I'll be publishing an article soon. I wrote the seven guys will break out. I will give you a snippet of one of them.
1: I have to self-promote
0: this. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So one of the guys I wrote was Brandon Ayuk, And we did hype him up last year. And then uh, Kyle Shanahan put him in the dog pound. He was grounded for no reason. He just wasn't getting any production for the first half of the season. And then he started getting production more and more. And I know you can't take training camp as a sample of what guys will be this year but if you see him and Trey Lance's connection it just looks ridiculous like he's not gonna be Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup but I think he's gonna be in terms of a breakout player I think that he's gonna be a top 15 wide receiver I this
1: disagree year. I am a, You're a Niner proud fan. Niners I mean, fan I have a Niners shirt on right now but honestly like I've looked at stats trends from previous seasons anytime that there's competing for competition, like for example, of course, George Kittle and Diva Samuel, when there are a lot of competition for targets, Ayuk does not perform well. When Ayuk is the only one on the roster because the others are injured, then he performs well. He needs the targets. I don't see either Trey Lance or Garoppolo giving him the targets. He needs to be a breakout candidate. He still might be a good player. I just don't think he's a I think candidate. he's gonna get a
0: lot of targets because Kittle is guaranteed to be out for half the season. And I think Diva Samuel is over... You guys are overusing him, and he's going to get hurt for majority of the season. So I think Ayuk is going to outscore Debo. I think he's going to have a better connection. I than would
1: say that Ayuk is the most injury prone out of all three.
0: I guess so. Yeah, but I think Debo Samuel is going to miss uh, a long period of time this year, just just by looking at how much Depends. he was incorporated. Depends on how we
1: use him. because the the um, of course Shanahan is made the deal with debu on the contingency that he's not used the same way that he was last year so he'll probably see a lot more targets
0: i think his fantasy production will go down though from his rushing no. terms um,
1: earlier on this in the season he had a lot of passing touchdowns he had, a lot and yards. He had the most yards in the first but he had eight weeks.
0: rushing touchdowns so he had eight and that's going to drop this but season. he still
1: had the most catching yards in the first few weeks out of any wide receiver, I don't know. He I'm has not, that I'm potential. Not, to I'm be not a about great Debo this year.
0: He's a great wide receiver. I might. I don't hate Debo Samuel. I just don't think that he's going to produce as well as he did last year. I don't think anywhere near. There's
1: so much uncertainty. I would just say go for it. <laughs> I. I but okay. If, His if you is could good. draft Michael Pittman in front of Debo, then I would say draft Pittman. But if yeah. the other options are like AJ Brown, for example, I would obviously take Samuel over Brown. Um, let's talk about Pittman though. Obviously we, I think we already talked about him, but yeah, yeah, the Colts offense, he has Matt Ryan. He can sustain a wide receiver one. I think you should be targeting Pittman as like a really, really good breakout candidate um, early on in your drafts. Obviously he's going early, so you're going to have to spend a good pick on him, but I think it'd be worth it if you wanted to.
0: I think he's being a little overhyped right now. I think Pittman's going to be great this year, but him being a third round value right now is just... I don't know. I think it's a little too high for him at the moment. But I do think he's going to be good. But in I think terms of value,
1: I yeah. actually liked analyzing his roots last season. It yeah, was weird because he passionate. had a lot of flashy plays and a lot of great like mm-hmm. highlights. But his root running is also weird. Honestly, yeah. like the way he runs his roots, it's it's different. It's it's not like the normal like Devonte Adams driving wide receiver.
0: Yeah, of course he can't compare to Devonte though. That's nowhere.
1: Well, no, I'm saying like the type of roots. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: All right. Um, the next breakout candidate I have on my list is DJ Moore. Um, obviously, like Thank Moore you. has been amazing in terms of yardage based off of his targets and opportunity in the last few seasons. He's just lacked the touchdowns. Nobody wanted to pass any touchdowns to him. McCaffrey took all his touchdowns away. Um, Baker Mayfield has been known to sustain. Um, red zone targets to his wide receivers. So I do believe that DJ Moore will score more touchdowns this season than he ever has. And with the yards that's there every season, he's very consistent with his yards. Um, he could be a top five wide receiver by the end of the year. Oh, absolutely.
0: I have him. I think he'll be top 10. Um, the only like one of the only regrets I had in our league was that I drafted Keenan Allen over DJ Moore Um, But I kind of had like a panic attack. I didn't know who I wanted exactly because I'm very 50-50 on each other. But I think DJ Moore just has like the absolute highest of talents for any wide receiver. And he just just always doesn't have a great quarterback. It's kind of like Terry McLaurin's issue. But I think DJ Moore is way better than McLaurin, in my opinion. But with Baker Mayfield, Mayfield isn't a great quarterback, but he's a mediocre quarterback. And the Panthers haven't had a mediocre quarterback in a very, very long time since Cam has been healthy. And Cam was great. So I think that Baker Mayfield, he's going to connect with DJ Moore. Like Like, he hasn't reached more than five touchdown receptions in his career, which is crazy. There's just no way that the pattern continues to stay. Only five touchdowns receiving. Only five touchdowns receiving. Like, he doesn't have that much competition this year. Um, I was high on Robbie Anderson last year. He just has, I don't know. Well,
1: Robbie Anderson also has unique route running. His routes are very different compared to other yeah. receivers as well. If you watch. He yeah, He um, likes running deep routes a lot, except most of them are just like power runs straight down the field.
0: Yeah, I like, I think Moore easily has top 10 uh, upside this year. Um, I think he will get like seven or eight touchdown receptions. I easily have him going 1,000 yards. I just don't know how he wouldn't be able to otherwise than just simply being hurt. Um, Now, rather than being an early pick, I'm going to do a late round pick for sleeper. And I think we both easily agree on this. Uh, George Pickens, he's going to be amazing this year. Um, He's my favorite rookie wide receiver of this year. First, it was Traylon Burks, but then I've seen uh, what Pickens was able to do in the preseason and training camp. And... Pickens just doesn't even look like a rookie. It looks like he's been in the league for like four years. Like, I love his mentality. There's just like these like iconic clips of him just toying with his cornerbacks, just shoving them to the ground. I just like his mindset a lot. He's aggressive. Um, I watched his tape. He didn't play with Georgia for too long in his college career, but his tape is just outstanding. He's a great route runner. He's got fantastic speed. He's a little small, but again, I I told us to Rickon before we even did the podcast George Pickens has some Antonio Brown flashes to him. Like, it's it's very bold, and it's beyond bold. But in terms, I think that Pickens, even with a crowded wide receiver room, I think that we could see George Pickens and Deontay Johnson be like Juju Smith and Antonio Brown. Obviously, they were more high-powered in that year. But I think Pickens is just such a good player. And he's going at the 11th round. His ADP has risen in the past few weeks. But he's worth taking a gamble on I think he has the best opportunity out of most of these rookie wide receivers and just he just looks like one of the more talented receivers. I don't know how I would
1: compare Pickens to not Antonio Brown as much, but in my opinion Jamar Chase, because I think that both of them came into the NFL as wide receiver three or fours. They both currently don't have the they're not the focal point of the offense. They're not gonna get Many targets, but they both have that talent from their college years to the point where they can perform really well and become a focal point even before like halfway through the season, and then just really perform for your team later on if um, Pickens surpasses um, Chase Claypool and maybe even Deontay Johnson on the roster. I'm
0: so excited to see this like new look for the Steelers. Like, I think the Steelers are so underrated, even though they are in the AFC.
1: Even though they have no quarterback.
0: I think Trubisky and Pickett are going to be better than Roethlisberger. If they made the playoffs with Roethlisberger, who can hardly throw the ball more than 10 yards last season, uh, they should be able to easily make the playoffs this
1: year. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be better than Roethlisberger. I think he gets too much slander. He was really old. He understood
0: the offense, but he was old. I agree with that. But I think Trubisky and Pickett especially, you can see more talent. Off of them, like Roethlisberger just wasn't a great quarterback last year, but he knew how the offense worked. Um, you won't have that for Trubisky and pick uh, it but
1: Trubisky be there. reminds me of the Wentz situation in the Colts last year. He was traded, people thought it would be a better offense, better opportunities, new coaching staff, new changes, and it just didn't work out. I've not like heard Trubisky, much attention
0: about Trubisky though, unlike Wentz.
1: Yeah, Wentz. Well, yeah, Trubisky never reached the heights of ones mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. But they both transferred offenses when they didn't succeed. And they were both sort of exonerated. They they people blame their off former offenses, the Eagles and the Bears, for their struggles and their O lines. But they're both transferred to new teams with potential opportunities, but they both might not succeed.
0: But that's where Kenny Pickett's gonna save the day. I don't think Pickens is gonna be a great rookie quarterback, but they do have someone. That- In case, Trubisky just does really, really bad. I think we're running a little short on time here. So is there anything that we should get out of the way? I think the only thing I have to say is that um, without any further explanation, you can just read my story if you want to know why. Take Damian Pierce. Like, you have nothing to lose. Like, the Texans offense is underrated. Uh, Pierce is just, like, the perfectly built running back for any offense. He's got, like, no competition rather than Rex Burkhead. And I feel like Rex Burkett has been playing the NFL since the dinosaurs have existed. Um, I just think Pierce is just going to be that guy. And that's my last recommendation. It's really my third step on my fantasy plan is just to take Damian Pierce in round five or six, not as your second running back, but as your third running back or fourth running back, he could be the best rookie running back. And I think he will be the best rookie running back this year. I love experimenting on these guys. I did it with Javante Williams last year. And I, I did with Gibson the year before. I think Damien Pierce is going to be fantastic this year.
1: I definitely agree. Since we're short on time, I'm going to spitfire a bunch of players. I can't and wait the to take. see this
0: go down. I've never seen you talk fast before. Let's do it.
1: Oh, wait. This won't be fast. Spitfire uh-huh. in terms, I'll skip over a bunch of information. <laughs> but yeah, probably won't be fast. Okay. Four net take. Um, Keenan Allen, don't take. He's His volume is going to go down. Um, and he's aging as well. Um, let's see. Higgins, don't take. AJ Brown, don't take um james connor be wary of but you can still take him um etn definitely take if you're in a ppr situation montgomery don't take um williams don't take either Brees hall beware of any jets player in general Brees hall yeah. or um any other player let's see brandon coots take uh elijah mitchell don't take darnell mooney take Take Rashad Bateman. Please take Rashad Bateman. He's an incredible player. Bateman's He's going to have good. a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. He was all like over the Bateman. field in preseason. Um, Jalen Hurts, definitely take. Gibson, be wary of. Judy, be, be also wary of. He hasn't proven himself. Judy has good talent, though. He, he does have good talent. Yeah, I don't know. But don't um, compare him to Cooper. Dylan, Trump. please don't take Dylan. Like, seriously. Really? If there's a running back situation where they're both going to feed off of each other, there's no point in taking, honestly, either. If you really want to take Aaron Jones, take him. The the, yeah, the volumes just not going to be there. I agree. All right, and then later on, be very wary of Thielen. He's he's so I'm not going to say sold. He's, so he's aging. He's I don't know why he hasn't retired at this point. But yeah, I guess <laughs> honestly, like it's not fantasy worthy. It's not worthy for your team. Um, Rashad Penny obviously take uh, Singletary take take Ramador Stevenson. The guy Montrez can be good over Damian mm-hmm. Harris. Um, I don't know why people are still drafting Damien Harris based off of preseason looks and what the coaching staff said. But I think Robert he's underrated, but he's not gonna in a fantasy all Yeah. All right, that's
0: it. Yep, uh, so that wraps up the first episode. Um, we're excited to have the NFL season just come back. Uh, just good luck. If you still haven't drafted yet, good luck with it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. And as always, Go Birds!